0: Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nickel Anarchy, and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning: This podcast does contain spoilers for the Ryodan Verse series. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Best Damn Camp. I, Rordan, Verse, Read Along, and Analysis podcast that sets out to read all the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. I'm your host, Fran, and welcome to the show. Today we continue our timeline journey with the Titans Curse, Chapter Eleven: Grover Gets a Lamborghini, and Chapter Twelve: I Go Snowboarding with a Pig. As always, I have my points to focus on. So today we've got characters gods and generally what i thought of it but to begin here's the synopsis the great train journey begins that ends with questions apollo's involvement and revealing dreams not that kind of revealing when we end up in nowhere however a special smell appears that leads with near death in every sense of the word so, it's uh, pretty much a regular Tuesday, really. And that is the synopsis for these two chapters. Oh my god, these synopsises are... Is that... Is that the wrong right Synopses? These synopses are getting worse every time because there is nothing happening in these chapters and I've got nothing to go off of to make a really good synopsis, really. The overviews are, like, fine, but... It's really hard to contain them into, like... A short thing to kind of sound interesting just because it's frustrating that there is, a, we're at chapter 11 and 12 and it still feels like nothing's happening and we're not learning anything. Uh, I don't know where I, Emily, I don't know where I can get off because I think actually. So I've been working on my novel. So Emily, I don't care too much about the synopsis at the moment. I don't have enough creative juice to add into that because um, I'm focusing more on my novel. But before I actually be a hypocrite what chapters does the action start? Oh okay, no, I can I'm not being a hypocrite. My the exciting parts of my novel or the initial parts anyway, happen from like chapter five and six and then we have another aspect so there's like regular in, like things happening in the chapters that are engaging. Yes I'm probably being a bit narcissistic <laughs> of my own work but there is stuff that's happening and I think that's the issue that I'm finding at the moment like all other books that I do read and I think even like The Lightning Thief and maybe Sea of Monsters as well we do have action and things important to the plot happening early on that are important but we're just not getting that with Titan's Curse at the moment and this, this book is slightly actually falling off near the top of my, my favourites Like the, the more interesting stuff just come later on and I think that's the problem it just takes way too long to actually get into the story but before I kind of carry on with that let's move on to the actual start of the chapters so I can actually carry on talking about this properly and that is chapter 11 Grover gets a Lamborghini and here is the overview for chapter 11 The chase begins, humans are monsters themselves, and you know what, throughout history, that's just looking at history as a whole, that's pretty damn accurate. Also, the train system in the US sounds complicated, and I don't like trains at the best of times. And Pianka's past is bringing about some questions, but admittedly, I would have had the exact same questions, because when I think subway, I think sandwich. And that's because I'm British. (laughs) In the middle of nowhere, they're screwed until they're not. On a speeding train in their cars, we learn much. Tali was nearly recruited as a hunter, and Annabeth may have had her reasons. Apollo got involved slightly, but he still really sucks. And Zoe was the owner and creator of Riptide. Dun 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 dun. And that's pretty much the overview for Chapter Eleven. And yeah okay it sounds like a lot happened but then at the same time like nothing happened it was just they were evading and then they ended up in nowhere because they were evading and then Apollo gets them a train and then we get some insight but like even the insight that we get isn't even (laughs) just (sighs) I don't know it just it feels like nothing is we're, we're not learning anything and even the things that we do learn in this like Talia was nearly recruited as a hunter, and that Zoe is the creator of Percy's sword. Even that doesn't really have any bearing on the story and it's really frustrating I just oh, I just don't what is the point of learning any of these things uh, okay, the sword, as you know at this point like there's no it ties in slightly to some things that happen near the end, but even then. It really doesn't have any bearing on it. Like, I don't know. I don't. Why did we need to learn why Talia was nearly recruited before, and then she holds resentment? We, we can find out why she. We just we don't really kind of need to know. Maybe her and Zoe met in the past and it didn't end well in general, or just as the general, just bad blood. I don't know. Okay, it's interesting to know. But not to have an entire section dedicated to. It. like it just it just feels boring, and I think that's the problem here is that each new thing that we learn is just another new thing that we're going to have to keep track of to make to, in case it's important later on. And that's that's not a good way to write. Every bit of information that we learn has to have some importance, but to have too much to learn. You're gonna forget some things, and some things don't even end up being that important. Like I don't wanna spoil anything. Oh the creation of Riptide literally isn't important at all. Like knowing that Zoe was the creator of it, interesting, kinda. But also no one cares. Literally the only things that are kinda slightly important, I'll get into this now because I'm just kind of ranting randomly instead of actually focusing on my points. Only slightly interesting thing in this I feel could have some bearing but isn't focused on enough to actually have any bearing is the gods aspect where we are proved to once again that the demigods that are turning against the gods have complete justification for it because as we see with Apollo, he only cares about Artemis. He doesn't care about Annabeth, he doesn't care about the demigods now going on this quest to save Artemis. He doesn't care. Like, they're they're doing the job for him that's perfectly fine he's not gonna offer actually any real help except for them getting this train but like it didn't i don't know the only thing that this does is just shows that their lack of care justifies the cause of the turned demigods more so the only problem is that's not focused on because percy literally mentions it in a single sentence that he was annoyed but he understood this is what gods were like i'm like Percy the whole point (laughs) is that you are supposed to realize the problems you've got to identify with the cause really but you can't like he's just kind of justifying it a little bit which is so weird because Percy's whole thing is that he doesn't like the gods himself either because they get away with so much then because they don't care so for him to brush it off especially relating to Annabeth who he is livid like it was only a couple of chapters ago that he was angry at Artemis for being so blase about Annabeth's kidnapping. But the moment Apollo doesn't, very clearly doesn't care about Annabeth, a single sentient is like, I was annoyed, but I understood. I'm like, you didn't when Artemis was acting like this. But suddenly you do when you're on the quest to go save her and know that there's a timeline. And that you've gotta be able to get to her before because you know she's gonna be killed beforehand. Like, how can he be so blasé about this? This, this would've been a perfect opportunity to bring this up and have this conversation of the resentment of demigods towards the gods continue to be in the back of our minds. Because, like, that's the whole... This is kind of, like, a big theme of this series, is challenging these old ways. Not to get rid of them entirely, which is obviously what the opposition are trying to do, but to change them. And that's Percy's whole point. He's constantly challenging these old ways. But he just hasn't done that at all here, which is really weird. And feels really out of character. Like, Percy is confrontational. He would have snapped back. Like... Like, he would be angry about Apollo's dismissal of Annabeth, but he's not. And I don't know, I just, I find that frustrating. I think he should have said something. If anything, we should have had that be a bigger moment. Don't have them get lost randomly. Have their journey working out okay, with some maybe some problems and then finally evading them getting lost randomly and having Apollo suddenly appear and all these sort of things which is basically the next chapter as well is them ending up in the middle of nowhere it just (laughs) these two chapters are identical but they could have done something with it and in this case it could have been having that backdrop of this theme of the gods being challenged well, we don't have that, especially considering that that's what Artemis is meant to be doing—is challenging the gods at the Winter Solstice meeting to make bring the awareness for the incoming Titan War. This whole book is focusing on the importance of her doing that, but then our demigods aren't—like, really? Uh, okay, moving on. Two characters for this one. Like I said, the only things that we kind of get of significance here are Talia and Zoe. And Talia is learning her resentment of the hunters, or particularly Zoe, is from Zoe's belief that Luke would betray her, because that's that's clearly what he's going to end up doing. This is what they, i.e. probably men, do. And in a sense, the fact that she was kind of proven right by this, and that she shouldn't have had faith in him. But Clearly, Talia still does have faith in him in some way, even though she will do whatever it takes to take him down, because he is in the wrong in this case. Um, But we cannot understand that as well, because she hasn't seen this evil. We understand why she still, in a sense, has some faith in him. She hasn't seen what he's been doing. She's not been aware of what he's doing. All she remembers are the memories of him and her and Annabeth, on the run together and surviving with each other so these memories of good times are the only things that she has of him because obviously she was in a tree she was a tree (laughs) so we get this idea of the resentment and then we kind of get this connection to this sort of aspect to why annabeth may have been considering joining the hunters which doesn't really make any sense because the whole thing was that talia Didn't join them because she had faith in the boys in her life. And Annabeth, I don't know; it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand it. Could someone explain it to me? Because I think it it's confusing to me. And uh, hopefully that gets explained later. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But that's the only thing, and like it's not that big of an importance. There. The only thing that, interesting that comes out from this conversation between her and Percy is that she says, in a sense, that she'll kill Luke if she has to. Which is kind of sad to think about, that that's like basically her best friend. The only interesting thing that, again, is not that well done and kind of doesn't really have any importance either is Zoe's story and us learning about Zoe and how old she is and her past and... Getting a bit more insight to what Dionysus met meant. Sorry, when um when mentioning um, betrayal of demigods and Zoe. So we kind of get an idea of why Zoe may be very against being in men and boys' presence, and why she thinks that they will betray people, and that's because we assume she was probably betrayed by this person that Percy is in this dream that he has of him as a confident fella in ancient Greece with uh, a lion fur coat thing, which gives us the clear impression that it's Hercules. Because we literally, we just had the lion's fur coat the entire time and it was mentioned that it was Hercules prior. So, like, why pretend? Like, we know who it is because Percy has the exact same cloak on right now. And we were told that's who had it. Like, it's, But, and actually, no, I just wanna bring this up now. I was so uncomfortable with Percy, for some reason, being this person in his dream, which was really weird. Because that's never happened before. Normally, if he's experiencing a memory relating to something like that, He's not the person. It's like when he's seeing those discussions between Luke and Cronus. He's not Luke. He's just observing it. Why couldn't he just observe this one? But no, he had to be Hercules, basically. And it was so uncomfortable because he kept calling Zoe pretty one. And it was just... It was so uncomfortable to read. I didn't really. Well, actually, no, I think I did every time I read it I think I, I found it uncomfortable but this deeper dive read I'm just realising how uncomfortable it actually made me because it doesn't happen once it happens like two or three times as well and it's just really uncomfortable and uh, I don't know it's just, it's just it was a really weird experience but we get this idea that this relationship that Zoe had with Hercules basically of her betraying her family for him, the fact that she gives him a sword to protect himself, and that sword turns out to be Riptide. But then we, at least I remember the conversation that Dionysus had with her, well, had with Percy about her, which was that, just like Ariadne was betrayed by, I think, was it Theseus? I think it was Theseus. And Dionysus healed her broken heart. Zoe has had a similar betrayal by a demigod her past and she will she knows all about it especially what Dionysus said so we can kind of deduce here that there is a betrayal from Hercules in this that may have led to her later becoming a hunter of Artemis or the fact that she was then banished and then was asked to join which I can't remember exactly so this is going to be a slight jump depending uh, from here but If that is the case, I'm kind of not happy with it because it gives the impression that the only reason why she joined the Hunters was because she was betrayed by our dude. Um, And it comes across in a slightly vain way of like, oh, this man was very nice to me. I'm going to avoid men for the rest of my life. And that's just kind of a dumb sort of thing if that ends up being the case, which I, I don't remember and I really hope it's not when we've actually had some really good cases and admittedly they were much later on and like Rick's gotten a lot better in his writing of female characters in like later books Um particularly Trials of Apollo I find actually Um although there are some negative aspects but there is a case of and this isn't really spoilers of two sisters who joined the Hunters and the reason why they did and basically they kind of sacrificed themselves and sort of became minor gods who joined the Hunters um because they were about to be sacrificed. Like, the whole kingdom was charging after them, ready to sacrifice them. I'm guessing probably to the gods or something. Um, and they were gonna. Uh, was it? They were, they were either gonna sacrifice them or force them to marry someone or something like that. And so they'd rather die and they pray to Artemis and stuff. So that's a completely just a reason. Like, they were gonna be forced into a horrific situation. And that kind of totally makes sense. And it doesn't feel a little bit kind of weird and a little bit dodgy but in the case here if it is that she was just she was betrayed by hercules and then she felt really upset and betrayed and that was the only reason why then it's a little bit more uh, i may be reading into it a little bit more but just kind of just from that initial thing i'm kind of like if it is literally just that a boy hurt her and that's why she joined the hunters, I'm not going to be best pleased. But because I don't remember exactly, I'm not going to focus on that too much, although I technically already have, so what I will do now is move on to chapter 12, I go snowboarding with a pig. And here is the overview. We are in the middle of nowhere, again, and trapped, again. No way out and a timeline is looming, again. But there's always time for caffeine. And you know what? Priorities. Those are the right priorities. And thank you for finally giving Bianca the spotlight. And for Percy for finally self-reflecting a little. Then of course all hell breaks loose with evil skeletons. But a pig comes to the rescue before coming to kill everyone else. With Talia afraid of heights, drama ensues. Then we ride a pig out of nowhereville. And that's pretty much the overview for chapter 12. This is a really weird chapter. And again, other than learning that Bianca... Learning more about Bianca, basically, and a moment with having a sense of the god Pan and the wild coming to rescue them and, like, it was a gift from the wild, the the pig... I, I can't remember... Can't remember the name it's a, it's a special pig it's a giant special pig um it's another one that hercules fought there's a lot of hercules connections here which okay um but literally other than that and again adding more plot points <laughs> but other than that nothing else happens of importance in this chapter Actually, the only small little thing that I can guess is that, that we see something like Bianca is somehow able to kill a skeleton, like an unkillable skeleton, which is you know kind of wild because how is that possible? But that's not even a, it's not a dress and it's just more dry red shoes and then they're they're gone and that's that's it. That's the, the only like I said, the only important thing that we learn here is finally learning more about Bianca. <laughs> And her being able to explain her choices, and Percy finally, you know, realizing, "Oh, it's the same thing that I did last year and the same feelings I had last year." I'm like, "Yeah, No kidding. <laughs> I'm like really?" But oh gosh, I know I need to uh stop being so hard on him, but it's, re- it's really frustrating to me because he comes across he's been coming across really hypocritical at the moment. Um, so it's frustrating for me to, for him to finally realise oh yeah it's the same with me and Tyson last year when like that was clear from the beginning like it's it's really not that difficult to figure out that this 12 year old girl who's clearly been having to deal with this sibling by herself for whoever knows long it's frustrating that she's having to do this adult work and having to care for this sibling because no one else is like it's really not that hard to figure out. It's like it's so obvious. But finally he gets it so I guess I'll give him props, I guess. But yeah. I don't know, it's just I'm just finally glad that we're getting the spotlight for her to actually explain her side. And it, it is basically just as I said. Not exactly the I can't remember the extra bit that I said, the one that I came up with, which was a headcanon. Um but it was it was very much that she, she wanted independence. She knew that Nico would be safe because she saw what Percy was like, and she saw how brave Percy was, and how brave everyone else was, probably as well. And she knew that he would be safe. But she finally wanted to be able to be her own person. And we're learning a bit more about her as well. And like the fact, the fact that she is finally, other than obviously the drama of Artemis being missing, she's finally happy and able to be herself and feel at peace for for this opportunity to actually be her own person and not just nico's big sister which is basically exactly what she says that she finally gets to be herself and not just be a big sister which is completely logical like if you don't have your we you even find out that she's literally been caring for nico for years because her parents are dead like she's been his carer for years basically and been looking after him for years because they don't even know who their parents are so she's never had the opportunity to be her own person and she's finally gotten that and as she explained she saw what all the campers were like and she saw what percy was like and, and probably talia and alabas as well and knew that nico would be okay and yes nico doesn't understand admittedly i get why he doesn't understand Because he like in the nicest way, he's obviously gonna be thinking about himself as well. And yes, even Bianca realizes that what she did was selfish. But firstly, she's bloody kid. (laughs) She's actually twelve. She's twelve. She's Percy's age. And Percy obviously can't actually you know, talk, considering the entire first book was him not caring and just being selfish about him going get these rules to go get his mum. And admittedly not entirely selfish because it was going to rescue his mum but that like he's had his selfish moments as well and like he said it was the exact same case with him and Tyson he resented being this big brother figure to Tyson who was in all intents and purposes a very younger brother because he had very childlike sensibilities I think that's the word I want to use but we, we we can understand it more and I just we get to see this happiness which i feel we we weren't able to but we don't even know anything about bianca and i think that's the issue as to why so many people gonna hate her for this decision because we learn more about nico than we do about bianca so we're gonna side with nico over everything else because he's the only one we know about so we're gonna hate bianca on principle really because of this decision which isn't fair at all and this is why I have an issue with the fact that it's literally within the first four chapters we get to know her in one chapter and that was when she made her decision That like there's just no way for us as an audience but it's like we're not meant to actually like her which I think is really unfair to her as a character like she doesn't have this ability to grow the moment she makes this decision she's basically gone Oh, we don't hear about her again we see her in like in the corner of our eye with moments where percy's like eavesdropping and that's it other than this moment we learn nothing else about bianca thus far so it's no wonder that there is a lot of hate and disagreement with what she does thankfully actually a lot of the um responses that the post that i did to do with her decision were actually pretty positive there are only a few that um that weren't as positive. But even in that sense it wasn't too bad. Which surprised me. Because so many people that I see on social media. Completely despise her for her decision. Obviously usually tied into the fact that they adore Nico. And I'm like okay. But yeah. I just I wish that we'd gotten to know more about her. Before she made that decision. But then even after she made that decision. like We needed to know more about her before and after. For us to kind of identify and understand her a little bit more so this kind of hatred of her character would just wouldn't be there and it took 12 chapters for that to even happen which is in itself frustrating but that's (laughs) oh my god this is i'm finding a theme that i'm just becoming more pessimistic as as this goes on but um that's kind of all I think about these chapters like we don't really learn much there's not really anything of significance that kind of comes from these other than hints of the gods sucking the the god pan is probably about somewhere bianca was able to destroy a skeleton That, that that that's it that that's all we kind of really learn in these chapters and now we're leaving on a pig Into the next chapters, and that's it. And I think that's just it's this is just the running theme of these past couple of episodes. Now is just that I just feel like nothing of significance is happening in these in in these chapters that feels significant to the plot and to the story itself, and that's frustrating. But what do you guys think? Do you think that the Titans? Hold on, actually, did I do this question already? I've, as you can tell, I've not been prepared much for these question of the episode things because I actually forgot to do them the last couple of times, and I had to come up with them on the spot on, um, <laughs> on the spot recently. Um. Okay, actually, how do you feel about? You no, know, what question can I do for this? Um. <laughs> I have no idea. I'll probably come up with a question at some point, and then I will post it (laughs) on our social media. I can't come up with one at the moment, and I couldn't come up with one before, so hopefully I will come up with one in the meantime, and it will be shared on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter and uh, Tumblr. Even though I don't use the Tumblr much anymore, but it'll still be patched up on there. Um, So, yes, keep an eye out for that if you guys want to answer this week's question of the episode, because that's the only place that will be popping up, because I've got nothing right now. But for that and to sign off awkwardly thank you all for joining me today for chapters 11 and 12 be sure to join me next wednesday as we continue our ryle verse journey to plug where you can find our podcast we are available on spotify where you should drop a follow apple podcast where you can leave a rating and a review i would really appreciate it if you do there are more person jackson podcasts coming out at the moment and mine is very slowly kind of disappearing off the wayside so if you can leave a rating and review on apple Podcasts, that will really help this podcast for being found or even if you're able to share it yourselves we uh, are also available on audio boom stitcher and deezer in the meantime in the meantime between episodes you can find the best time camp on various social media at best time camp pod on instagram and twitter and on tumblr at the com. if you want to email me with your own thoughts you can email. The best damn and I will read it out at the end of the show if you want to support me making this content check me out on Patreon at A Healthy Dose of Fran and check out my YouTube channel A Healthy Dose of Fran for more Percy Jackson content and drop me a follow at A Healthy Dose of Fran on Instagram and at A Dose of Fran on Twitter again thank you guys so much for tuning in as always I've been Fran your very own hunter and I will see slash speak to you guys next time. So long.